0: Hello ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the 38th episode of the Cozy Show podcast. So, there has been, you know, uh, a couple days I didn't do the podcast, and I would like to apologize for the last and final time. Um because it's kind of gotten repetitive at this point, um I know I keep saying I'll do episodes of my podcast you know ev you know during the day weekly, you know, so you know i hold I try to hold myself to my word. I know I keep saying I do daily episodes of my podcast weekly, but uh, i I have to apologize because. I accidentally um, went against my word. Um, I haven't done an episode of the podcast in days, and that's on me. So, again, I sincerely apologize, and hopefully it won't happen again. Okay, so, um, with that being said, um, let's get into... Some podcast talk, if you will. So, let's start now um, with some sports talk. So, here we go. So, um, the All-Star Game and All-Star Weekend is right around the corner. And, of course, All-Star Weekend and the All-Star Game will be held in Cleveland. Um, So... It's going to be Team LeBron versus Team Durant. Team East versus Team West. And um, should make for, you know, a good game and a good weekend of professional basketball. Um, You know. But uh, with that being said, um, you know, you could say that bragging light. Excuse me. You could say that bragging rights are on the line here. Um, but for you know, the most part, it's all about which you know conference is the more superior conference. So it's about you know conference supremacy, but it's also about, you know, which team's the strongest and, uh, so on and so forth. So there you go. So team LeBron will take on team Durant this coming Sunday, or in this case, the Sunday night, but we'll also have, um, over the course of this weekend, the dunk contest, Which is very popular. And uh, I'm pretty sure we'll have the Celebrity All-Star Game as well take place. So that'll be nice for all the people involved. Um, So yeah, it should be exciting um, weekend of sports. So there you go. All right, moving on. So in NBA news now. Um, there was some nice little games that took place over the past, you know, day, if you will, over the past night, if you will, day and night, if you will, <laughs> as the Boston Celtics took on the Detroit Pistons, um, that was a close game, that was... A game that, you know, was highly contested. That game was a, you know, it was a back and forth, back and forth, back and forth affair. Um, But in the end, the Detroit Pistons made that, you know, the last play to seal the deal. So well, I shouldn't say the last play to seal the deal, but they, they made one more play to seal the deal. They got an offensive rebound um, towards the end of the fourth quarter, and they sealed the victory. So that happened there, um, but there was also another game that took place um, over that time period and that was you know the jazz taking on the los angeles lakers and that game was also a very you know competitive contest throughout um you know you had lebron pretty much taking over the game from the los angeles lakers standpoint um but one of the non-LeBron, if I could say that, teammates made a three-point shot towards the end of the game to basically sign, seal, and deliver the victory. One of the, you know, players other than LeBron hit a three-pointer, and, you know, that was basically the dagger that gave them the victory. Now, of course... The Lakers had to shoot a couple of free throws in order to seal it. But that was pretty much the, you know, what made, you know, this game final. Was one of the players other than LeBron hitting the three-pointer um, and, you know, putting the exclamation point, if you will, on the game. And so... As a result, the outcome was, of course, consequently, the Los Angeles Lakers taking home a victory over the Utah Jazz. So there was that, and, you know, there was, you know, some other games here and there, but those were the two premier games that took place over that time period. But, I would be remiss if I didn't mention that game between the Denver Nuggets and, of course, you know, my Golden State Warriors. So, why don't I address that right now? Okay, so, the Denver Nuggets took on the Golden State Warriors. And in that game... Um, it wasn't you know the most technical game ever as far as a uh creative um game you know where both teams you know played for style points and for flash and all that wasn't very flashy wasn't you know very glossy with all the you know the euro steps and the in the uh floaters and all that stuff so if you were looking for a you know a scientific type of basketball game more of a technical more you know overall talented kind of basketball game um, this was probably not exactly the best game for you but Um, It is, you know, the Western Conference, after all. Teams are fighting for position, fighting for standings, fighting for rankings, and, you know, that's what this game was all about. So, the Denver Nuggets went into the Chase Center in San Francisco to take on the Golden State Warriors. And a surprise ending took place. One of the Denver Nuggets players hit a three-pointer with barely any separation and beat the buzzer. That's right. He had a buzzer beater at the end of the fourth quarter to win the game for the Denver Nuggets on the Golden State Warriors home court. Now, that's kind of surprising Considering that, you know, the Golden State Warriors, you know, with guys like Clay Thompson and Steph Curry and Draymond Green on the roster, you would think that, you know, you would think you'd have a different outcome. You would think you would have a different result and that you would have a different, you know a different uh, scenario in this particular case, but that was not to be. The Denver Nuggets were, you know, maybe the better team that night. Because, you know, though I am a Golden State Warriors fan, even I have to admit their defense hasn't been up to par as of late. And it shows in this game. They had a couple of... Defensive breakdowns and you know broke down a little bit defensively. So um, you know, it's hard to admit that, but maybe the Denver Nuggets were, you know, were just better. Maybe we were good, but they were just better. I don't know. But anyway, the Denver Nuggets came away with the win at uh The Chase Center in San Francisco and beat the Golden State Warriors. So there were quite a few games that took place um, over this past day. And, you know, this past Wednesday saw some good games in the NBA. And that's what's needed at this point as we're heading, you know, into All-Star Weekend. And, of course, we're heading into... Of course, you know, we're heading into uh, that time of season, that time of year, if you will. Um, it's very nice to see that, you know, these games have gotten quite competitive at a time where we're going to see a very nice competitive uh, game in the All-Star game. But also we're going to probably see a very competitive Well, I shouldn't say very competitive, but a competitive um, dunk contest as well. So be on the lookout for that. All right. So moving on, Um, I should, you know, probably mention the fact that um, there's been some uh, other news as far as sports is concerned. And let me get into that right now. So, we had a couple of um, coaching-related news. Um, Let me first start off with this. So, Luke Fickle, the Cincinnati um, Bearcats head coach, has signed an extension. And he's going to be with that team for the next several years to come. And he's not the only, uh, excuse me, he's not the only college coach to sign on the dotted line and ink a new deal. Uh, Michigan's John, uh, excuse me, not John, uh, Michigan's Jim Harbaugh. (laughs) See what I did there? I'm an Ohio State fan, so I like to take shots at Jim Harbaugh whenever I can. (laughs) So there you go. But anyway, Michigan's Jim Harbaugh signed an extension as well with the uh, Michigan Wolverines football program. And so I guess this is good for college football in a way, but we'll see what happens. Um, Another coaching news now. Um, Kevin O'Connell, the former Rams offensive coordinator, has officially been named the Minnesota Vikings head coach and he had a, you know, interesting uh, press conference or, you know, presser, if you will, that's short for press conference um, and talked about how he wants to build around Kirk Cousins and, you know, he talked about you know how he wants to you know make the the Vikings offense similar to the way the Rams scheme was built when he was over in Los Angeles so it's going to be interesting to see how that all plays out okay so there's that um you know It's expected that, well, I probably said this earlier on an episode of my podcast already, one of the previous episodes, but Lovey Smith, um, who was already on the Houston Texans, um, you know, coaching staff, has been promoted to head coach, so we now have up to three minority head coach Um, you know, or should I say, we're up to three minority head coaches at this point in time in the NFL. So, like I said, we're up to three minority head coaches in NFL football. One of them being Lovey Smith, another one being, of course, Mike Tomlin, and Robert Sala is also considered a minority head coach but also the Dolphins have hired a minority head coach as well so that's about three or four so that's several head coaches that are now of color or minority or however you want to call it you can call it either way you can call You know, them a minority head coach or of color or, you know, the other, you know, portion of, you know, the races, you know. So anyway, you could put, you know, we have three, if not four coaches of color or minority coaches or, you know anything, you know, things like that, that sort of thing, things of that nature. But it's all about the fact that we're finally seeing change in the NFL. And I feel like um, the current developing lawsuit with Brian Flores um, allegedly suing the NFL and three teams, those three teams being the Miami Dolphins, you know, The Denver Broncos and of course the New York Giants um, I think this lawsuit is perhaps bringing change into NFL um, hiring coaching practices or coach hiring practices however you want to put it Um, I think NFL coaching hiring practices sounds better but You could say hiring coaching process or coach hiring process. I think either way it sounds all right to me, but, you know, some prefer that, some prefer this. Let's just say, you know, coach hiring process has, the coach hiring process has been better. The coach hiring process has improved. Put it that way. And with this, um, being said, it's going to be interesting to see if, who knows, maybe the like of, excuse me, maybe the likes of Eric Bieniemy of the Chiefs coaching staff, maybe he's still eligible to get one of these head coaching openings at some point down the line. Um, but you know, time will tell. The jury's still out on the nfl to see if they have you know changed for the better or not so we'll see so there you go all right moving on so um for those of you who have been watching the olympics i've got some olympics news for you um the russian contestant the lady the girl whoever you want to call uh the lady the girl the woman the the russian female contestant um that was found you know using you know a banned heart medication or you know a banned substance was you know, placed fourth in, you know, the Olympic, uh, what do you call it? The Olympic trials or the Olympic, uh, match, whatever you want to call it. Um, she placed fourth in the, uh, Olympic trials or time trials or the Olympic, uh, the Olympic day. I don't know however you want to call it the olympic trial the olympic time trial the um the olympic competition maybe that might be better suited for it i'm not too sure but anyway she tested positive for a banned substance a banned heart medication so she tested positive for one of those you know no-nos if you will banned substances ban hard medications, excuse me, ban substances, ban heart medication, um, banned, uh, yeah, banned, perf- excuse me, banned performance enhancer. So, and that's been the talk of controversy throughout the sport. And that's been the talk of controversy, um, Throughout the Olympics, that's been the talk of controversy throughout, you know, this whole, this whole deal is so we're allowing this girl to continually be skating in a professional environment, even though she tested positive for a, you know, prohibited drug. But she still can compete and still potentially win a medal here. Like, aren't we saying and sending the opposite message to, you know, competitors in the Olympics? You know, cheaters never win. You know, aren't we sending, you know, opposite message here rather than, you know, cheaters never win or, you know, anything like that? we're trying to, we're supposed to, at least, we're supposed to send the right message. You know, cheaters never win, and you don't deserve to win if you cheat, you know, that that sort of thing. Um, I feel like the Olympic Committee is sending, you know, I think they're sending the wrong message here by doing that. I feel like they're, you know, throwing mixed messages. I feel like they're sending an opposite message to what the Olympics is all about and what they preach practice. Um, So there has been controversy um, about this particular topic for, for years now. And not to put, you know, Russia in a bad spot or sound, you know, objective or bias or whatever else have you. But the Russians have had somewhat of a reputation of being, I don't know if I'd say cheaters, but I would say maybe, you know, I'd go as far as to say they've been Maybe rule breakers, maybe cheapskates, maybe, uh, you know, I guess you could say even that they're, you know, thieves of, you know, doing things the right way. If that's, you know, if I could, if I dare say that word. So, well, let me, let me be more clear. For those of you who aren't getting the message. I wouldn't necessarily say that the Russians are cheaters. But. You know. I would definitely call them. Rule breakers. Cheapskates. And I'd go as far as to say that. You know they're. A bunch of cheap sort artists. They So. Whatever. I wouldn't. I mean, you could say it however you want. I wouldn't say they're cheaters, but I would call them, like I said, I'd call them rule breakers, cheap shot artists. And I'd even say that, you know, they're, they're shady. But then again, you could call them cheaters because, you know, they've cheated in just about every Olympics um, since the beginning of time. And I don't know if that's engraved in their culture or if that's a thing that they just do over there, if that's just part of their, you know, history, if it's part of their, you know, what they believe in, you know, as far as, you know how they've been so successful. All I know is this. Um like I said, the Russians have been accused well not even accused at this point. They've been, you know, basically labeled as cheaters since the Olympics began. Um rather it's steroid use, you know, banned substances Or, you know, prohibited drugs, or whatever the case may be, just, or even performance enhancers, just, you know, just shady, just shadiness. And the Olympics, um, excuse me, and the Olympics and the Olympic Committee just don't seem to care. They don't do anything. They don't punish anybody for it. Now, if it were, per se you know, a United States um, participant in the Olympics, they'd be all over them for that. If it were Canadian, they'd be all over them for that. If it were, say, a competitor from a different country, somewhere in like Europe, they'd be all over them for that. And yet, the Russians get preferential treatment because They're basically, you know, trying to find an excuse for why they're doing it. Like, oh, well, that's just a cultural thing, or it's part of their culture, or it's just, you know, that's just the way they've done things, it's tradition over there. I don't know, but that's just speculation, so what's not speculation is definitely the cheating part. They have been known to cheat in every Olympics since its inception. That's a fact. Now, as far as, you know, is it prevalent throughout the entire Russian Olympic team and all the Olympic teams that they've ever had? No, I'm not saying that. But I am saying... They, at one point or another, have always had some person involved in this shady business, in this shadiness, in this, you know, um, dirty play, if you will, foul play. So, you know, you could call it politics, if you will, Um, but what I call it is, you know, I call it having a... Strong argument. I mean, you can you can say it's political if you want, but I would just say it's just a strong argument. That's all, but that's just me. But anyway, I could go on and on and on about the Olympics, but I'm not going to do that. But before I get out of this, um, as far as the Olympics are concerned, I want to talk about Nathan Chen. Nathan Chen... Um, has earned his medals in the skating competition, but yet the Chinese call him a traitor for you know hoisting up the american flag um that doesn't suit well with me that doesn't i you know what I mean that kind of rubs me the wrong way that kind of um it kind of, uh, you know, it kind of takes me, a ab- takes me aback a little bit. Um, but that's just me, you know, I don't know if that's a, you know, a debate over countries and stuff. If it's a, you know, if it's a traditional rivalry between the United States and China, Maybe if that's involved in it, I don't know. But to call one of your own people traitors after they hoist, you know, you know, their own flag. Um, yeah, of course, he's Chinese, but for him to hoist the American flag, it's all the sort of what it's all the sort of, you know, treason now. It's all of a sudden being a traitor. It's all of a sudden, you know, sacrilege? I don't get it. But it is what it is. A lot of, I guess you could say, a lot of politics in, you know, when it comes to the Olympics. So I'm not going to say much more about it because the Olympics can be very political if you think about it. Okay, so... Let's move on. Okay, so moving on. So um I want to talk a little bit about professional wrestling now. And let's do just that. So um it is WrestleMania season if you're a WWE fan like I am. And for their upcoming pay-per-view Elimination Chamber, which takes place this Saturday on Peacock, the premium live event, Elimination Chamber will hold um, one Elimination Chamber match for the men, as far as I can tell, and they'll hold one more, I believe, for the women. Now, you may have to check up on that, but... I believe that's what's going to be happening for the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view. Now, it's going to be interesting to see if Brock Lesnar can, you know, deliver on his promise, as he said, that he will walk into WrestleMania as champion and fight Roman Reigns, title versus title. Now, I hope that's not the case because I feel like it's, You know, bad for business. I feel like it's kind of overhyped, overrated. And you know what I mean? Just unnecessary. Um, Why not have them fight for one championship, preferably the Universal Championship, and have, you know, another match for the WWE title with two different people? That totally changes the dynamic and totally changes the, you know, the overall feel. It, it changes the overall landscape on how the overall pay-per-view card is going to look like. Why not do that? Now that is, you know, the best case scenario. But I don't do the booking I'm not a management figure. Um, I'm not in Vince McMahon's inner circle, so I can't really be sure on what exactly their plans are going to be. But I hope that that's what we're going to have here. But maybe wishful thinking. We'll see. Okay, so there's that. And in an AEW news now um their next pay-per-view Revolution will take place in March and there's already a couple matches that are of interest at this point so CM Punk versus MJF in a dog collar match has been up for discussion um Momentum seems to be building towards Adam Cole versus Hangman Adam Page for the AEW World Championship, perhaps at, you know, Revolution. Um, And, of course, there's the, you know, Face of the Revolution ladder match that'll take place with uh, quite a few people already being qualified to be in that match. There's quite a few contestants that have already earned their spot. Um, but recently Keith Lee, the limitless one who had just came from the, uh, forbidden door, if you will, um, earned his spot last week when he took on, you know, Isaiah Cassidy of the Andrade slash Hardy family office. um, or in this case, private party as well, and earned his spot that way. Um, so we'll see how things uh, play out. It's going to be very interesting. Um, but before all that, this Monday night Raw we just took um, that just took place um, was a nice little momentum builder for the Elimination Chamber premium live event coming up on Peacock this Saturday. Um, You know, you had Barack Lesnar and you had Bobby Lashley in the same ring at the same time. Um, So it made for good television. But quite frankly, it didn't end there. Um, You know, Kevin Owens tried to weasel his way in you know the previous week um on the uh monday night raw before that um but instead went on a rant and you know he basically uh you know he basically turned his back on one of his so-called favorite places texas so that was a funny segment. If you are a non-Texas um, resident, so if you're a non-Texan, that's quite comedic. If you're actually from Texas, then you would see that as a capital offense. <laughs> so, you know, I'm not going to be laughing too loudly because I wouldn't want anyone saying that, you know, loudly just in general. So there you go. Okay, so there was that, Um, and then you had Reggie um, defeat Dana Brooke for the 24-7 championship, as if that meant a whole bunch, but you had that take place. Um, Of course, we had Dominic Mysterio and Rey Mysterio take on the Alpha Academy. As far as I know, that's what took place. You may have to check up on that, but as far as I knew, that's what went down. You had the R.K. Broga party um, take place backstage on Monday Night Raw. And one person who wasn't present for it was, of course, Mr. R.K. himself, Randy Orton, who was slated to compete against Seth Rollins in the main event for Monday Night Raw. And what a main event it was. Um, I don't like the ending of the main event, though. I feel like it could have been, you know, more... It could have been, you know, with more pizzazz. Much more of a, you know, epic ending. It could have had much more of a, like I said, more of an epic ending, more pizzazz, um, something more believable. I feel like having, you know, the Alpha Academy interfere at the last second, and then Seth Rollins hitting the, whatever you want to call it, curb stomp, or these stomp, or the Seth Rollins stomp, whatever you want to call it, and then him winning the match that way is, that's, it's just not believable know what I mean? It's it's kind of pointless, but it is what it is. It's uh, Vince McMahon's company and he gets to decide what he wants to do. So there you go. Okay, so covered that and I'm about ready to cover some other stuff. So here we go. Moving on. Okay, so in COVID-19 news now, um, so of course, as most of you already know by now, we're currently in a pandemic still, and the numbers for COVID-19 as far as active cases are concerned, you know, depending on where you live, has pretty much gone down you know worldwide and i will say you know the numbers don't lie but that's not for me to say that you can't you know you can't um protect yourself you should protect yourself and i'm that's not even saying that you can't get the virus um, But what I am saying is, you know, you know, be protective of yourself and protect others from getting the virus by washing your hands, keeping your hands away from your eyes, nose, and your mouth. So again, avoid touching your eyes, your nose, and your mouth. Wash your hands, wash your hands, wash your hands. Wear your masks indoors. Social distance, and remember. We're still in this pandemic and it'll take all of us together to get out of it. So there you go. And that is a public service. Excuse me. That is a public service announcement by yours. Truly. Coasey of the Coasey show podcast. So there you go. So I got a little bit more of show left. And so I want to kind of freestyle beyond this point and just basically talk about whatever comes to mind. And so that's what I'm about to do right now. So, um, I will say, um, you know, with the Super Bowl being over, um, it kind of feels like there's a void um, in terms of being a sports fan. At least, you know, as far as I'm concerned. Um, Because, you know, having football as part of the weekly repertoire, if you will, you know, it gave fans a lot to be excited about. Like, who would take on who during, say, week four, week five, week ten, week fifteen? You know, and who would, you know... Who would take on who in a rivalry game? Who would face who in a division game? Who would face who in... You know, a potential... You know... um, Winning your in-game when it comes to... Getting into the playoffs. Who's going to win a playoff game? You know, it, it always had something to... Add as far as excitement level in sports. Now... Of course, with America's pastime, with it being football now, it was, of course, with, uh, Major League Baseball, which I'll get to in a second, but the national pastime, um, when it was Major League Baseball, it was, you know, just a different time period at that point, um, you know, because it was the national pastime, um, You know, you had the rise of several different stars on the uh, horizon. Stars like Mark McGuire. Stars like Alex Rodriguez, Derek Jeter. um, Guys like that, right? But on the other hand, you got to think of things like this, right? Not too long after the rise... The fame of all these athletes and of course Barry Bonds would come at some point not too long after um you started seeing a lot more players bulk up and build muscle and you know guys just jacked you know from head to toe and there led to a lot of speculation of potential steroid use you know Use of PEDs, um, performance enhancers, prohibited drugs, all that, all that sort of things, you know, testosterone, all sorts of stuff. Um, and even Mark McGuire admitted to using a form of not necessarily being an, you know, an anabolic steroid, but definitely a performance enhancer, Um so I would say from the late 90s to into the early 2000s, we had home run records being, you know, all over the place. You had home run records being shattered um, in the 1998 season. Yeah. The summer of 1998, yeah. Yeah the summer of 98 season saw you know the home run record um be broken time after time after time again so like i said the summer of 98 1998 summer of 1998 saw the home run record being you know taken back and forth back and forth back and forth between sammy sosa and mark mcguire the only problem is Both these men were, you know, allegedly using performance enhancers, prohibited drugs, and or steroids, which wasn't necessarily, I'd call illegal at that point, but it definitely was an eyebrow raiser. It definitely was frowned upon at that point. It definitely was you know, an unfair advantage, even at that time. But people kind of looked the other way and, you know, decided that ratings and home run records and, of course, viewership were more important than the integrity of the game. So, that being said, um, you don't see a whole lot of home records, excuse me, You don't see a lot of home run records being broken anymore, not just because of the ban of steroids, prohibited drugs and performance enhancers, but also because the major league baseball, um, had made some slight adjustments, some slight changes, some, you know, slight, um, tweaks if you will, in their baseballs. So it makes it harder to hit home runs. It makes them harder to hit out of the park, makes them harder to, you know, go over the fence. So that's also what led to it. So we've actually seen a decrease in home runs from the past, I'd say, two or three years. Um, so... That would mainly be the reason for it. But, you know, it is what it is. Major League Baseball, um, I had to call it like I see it, but I also had to call it like it is. It's a white man's sport, and they do things a certain way. Just like hockey. Hockey is a white man's sport. And they do things their own way. They do things the way that they have typically done them. Um, so they stick with tradition. Um, they stick within the culture of how they've done things. And they stick to um, their general, you know, their general course of how they've gone about things since their inception. Whereas opposed to the NBA and the NFL, the NBA is 70% African-American or 70% black. Even though more than half of the head coaches in the NBA are not, you know, Of minority, um, well, excuse me, let me rephrase that. You have, you know, hockey, you know, Major League Hockey, or in this case, the NHL. You have the NHL, excuse me, you have the NHL, and of course, Major League Baseball. Both um, sports are a white man's sport. So let me say one more time. Major League Baseball is a white man's sport. And of course, the National Hockey League, the NHL, is a white man's sport. So one more time for you. Major League Baseball is a white man's sport. And the National Hockey League, the NHL, is a white man's sport. Whereas as opposed to the NBA and the NFL, the, the NBA is 70% black um, or African American. Even though more than half of their head coaches are of, you know, mainly Caucasian descent um, or close to that. You don't see very many minority head coaches slash um, people of color being head coaches or people of African-American descent being head coaches. And same with the NFL. The NFL is 70% black. Even though there's, you know, most of the head coaches in the NFL are of Caucasian descent and same thing. You don't see many head coaches of color. You don't see many head coaches that are a minority. You don't see many head coaches that are of African-American descent. Now that may change a little bit and it's starting to change as time has gone on, but... It took, you know, basically um, a whirlwind of things to happen. It took a whirlwind of things to happen. And that's just unnecessary. It should not have taken, you know, the kit, er, you know, it shouldn't have taken everything but the kitchen sink to make all these things happen and for change to take place. And for adjustments to be made, for amendments to be made, shouldn't have come to that. Um, But at the same point, um, that's the way it's been um, in sports since its inception. Um, Even when Major League Baseball and the NFL got integrated, you know, within, say, the 20s, the 30s, and into the 40s, Even at that point, you know, and it goes without saying, African-Americans had a very hard time trying to get, you know, any sort of success going because the color of their skin, them being a minority, them being people of color and them being of African-American descent, they had it probably 10 times rougher than they have it now. But even then, they had to face almost the same sort of, you know, same set of circumstances. But, uh, is what it is. Anyway, moving on. So where was I? I um, don't really know to be exact. I know I was talking about, you know, Major League Hockey. At one point, Major League Baseball. You know, the NFL and the NBA. Oh yeah, Major League Baseball. Okay, so the latest news coming out of ESPN, as far as Major League Baseball is concerned, is that the Major League Baseball Players Association and of course Major League Baseball have had several talks um, all the way up until now. And just like Every meeting before that, the same case scenario, the same result, and the same outcome has, you know, been the overall narrative of these talks. And that is, there's been no movement by the Players Association, there's been no movement by Major League Baseball, and it's all about money. It's all basically about a cash grab. It's all about, you know, all these different, you know, rules and proposals and all these different, you know, little tweaks and turns they want to make in, you know, Major League Baseball's um, system. So rather it would be you know, as far as the playoffs are concerned, maybe they want more teams or less teams in the playoffs. And, you know, as far as the minor league system, maybe they want more or less players in the, you know, the minor league system from now on. Or rather it's, you know, having no cap in, you know, major league baseball, you know, and so with all that being said just having those kind of you know concerns slash issues that's what's made it so hard to come to any some sort of agreement is because rather it's the no cap situation rather it's you know adjusting the number of minor leaguers in the minor league system rather it's about you know money um this The uh, scenario remains the same. There's been no movement on either side. And if things keep going the way they are now, we might not even have Major League Baseball season. But I'm a positive man, positive thinker, and, you know, just a positive person overall. And I would like to think that that won't be the case, but we will see what happens and we'll see what, what happens, um, over time. We'll see how that plays out. So moving on. Okay. So I'm running out of show here officially coming down to the nitty gritty, the final minutes, if you will. But yeah, coming down to the nitty gritty here, it's doing the gritty, it's doing the gritty doing the greedy. <laughs> but anyway, okay, so a couple things like I said. I apologize for the last and final time that I wasn't able to do you know a couple of episodes, you know, my podcast on the past couple of days and I make no excuse for that. You know, cuz I had some you know, some space you know, to fill for that, I just didn't make the time for it, so that's on me, and hopefully that won't happen again, because I keep saying it, and I haven't been doing it, so hopefully that changes soon, if not now. Okay, so now that I've gotten that out of the way officially for the last time, um, I wanted to, you know just say that my uh, personal story slash you know story slash book slash storybook whatever you want to call it has basically been finished now I'm just putting the you know the bells and whistles on it the finishing touches you know the little um, the little uh, minute details that need put on it um, so I'm going to try to read a little bit about you know or a little bit of I should say of that story slash book slash storybook whenever I feel the time is right so there you go in other news now um, I just wanted to say thank you all to the audience and to all you listeners out there thank you all thank you all for listening in and tuning in, and, you know, being an active, you know, participant in the Cozy Show podcast. You're what keeps me doing what I do, and there would be no Cozy Show podcast without you. Um, with that being said, I'm going to call it quits on this episode of the Cozy Show podcast. Um... Please tune in for another episode, um, hopefully tomorrow, and that's all I got for you this time.